Hello, it's great to have you back and welcome to another installment of Your Money and a Cup of Joe. I'm your host, Ryan Ruff. We've got the star of the show, Mr. Joe Kaleo of the Kaleo Wealth Management Group standing by. He'll be joining me momentarily. But look, first and foremost, we want to thank you for finding your way back to the show. As you likely know, Joe and I, we tackle a different complex financial topic each episode. Lately, we've been hitting on the family dynamic a lot, and I'm a big, big fan of today's episode, specifically because it's a topic that I think most of us have an idea of the inner workings of it until we actually get into it. There are a lot of intangible factors that come into play with today's topic, and we're going to tap into Joe's experience, have him walk us through these intangibles, and all of a sudden, you're going to realize there's a lot more to this topic than you might think there was initially. Topic of the day, preparing heirs for their inheritance. See what I mean? So let's go ahead and bring Joe on to get the conversation rolling and dive into what all entails with this conversation. Joe, great to see you. How you doing this morning? Doing great, Ryan. How about you this morning? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. We've Look, we've been spending some time within the family dynamic. Our last episode covered the family constitution, you know, this, this living, breathing document that can help keep families aligned as a whole. Today, we're going to get into the matriculation of the wealth, the, the process of passing that wealth down to that next generation and all that goes into this. And, you know, it's, un it's unfortunate sometimes, Joe, to look at the fact that inheritors do often struggle with the windfalls of receiving this wealth that could ultimately be hazardous to themselves and then, of course, the wealth itself. So the other side conversation here is obviously inheritances are a big deal for people. I mean, think about it. A life can be changed overnight. But there's a lot that comes with that. So I want to have us start our conversation today, Joe. Talk to me a little bit about why inheritances overall can be a little bit of a double-edged sword these days. Well, Ryan, I think there's two, two parts to this, right? First, it's a double-edged sword because it's emotional, and then it's also financial, right? Emotional because we've lost somebody in our lives that was important to us. And so whether it's sudden or planned or prepared of some kind— Right. We're still losing someone and then gaining something else. And so the emotional loss has to be de dealt with. And sometimes we know that when they're leaving us, we're going to get sometimes we don't know when they're leaving us and we get something thrust upon us internally and externally. We have to deal with it because internally we have to deal with our emotions, our preparations. Externally, we may have to deal with paperwork. We may have to deal with probating a will or dealing with the estate and the transition from one person to another, from one entity to another. And so all of that can create a lot of emotions, both internally and externally. So, Joe, when you mentioned these internal and external conflicts, I like to take a dive into these because this is really where the, the inner workings of this conversation lie. Talk to me about what you mean, really. What do these conflicts look like and how are they how are they perceived by somebody in this position? Again, reminder, this is a life changing moment that's happening for this person. So walk me through what you mean about these, you know, with these conflicts. Yeah, sometimes people feel guilty, for example, that they've all all of a sudden had this wealth thrust upon them. They feel maybe not worthy of receiving and accepting such a gift, such an inheritance. Uh, they then are thrust upon a position of trust and managing assets, whether it's just for them or then for an entity uh, giving to charities, for example. So now all of a sudden people are thrust into positions of responsibility, whether it's just for themselves or for others. And so they may be having some guilt they may have some trust issues 
They may become uh, reclusive, not knowing where to go, what to do. So there are some emotions that people may have to deal with internally once inheritance comes their way to make sure that they manage it properly. So as best as inheritors can be prepared for such an inheritance and understand this becomes very important then as they move forward with this. Sure. So where do, where do you begin with all of this to start helping an heir address this? What the concerns that lie ahead? Where does this process begin in, in your eyes? Everywhere from super rich families, families above $500 million to even ultra high net worth, 10 million and up, will create smart plans to help educate their inheritors to some extent. And they may not even know, the inheritors may not even know the numbers, but they create smart plans to educate them and to prepare them for that day of ultimate inheritance. So, so ultimately, let's get into that. What do you see these extremely successful families doing when it comes to the educational efforts and, and you know, or maybe even not doing, actually, in some cases? You know, what are some of these takeaways that we can learn from your time, you know, seeing some of these, uh, these preparation processes take place? Yeah, first, what they're often not doing right away is telling what the inheritors, the number, right? They're always afraid, are, are we going to have to tell the number to the families or the kids or whoever's going to get money in the end. Oftentimes the number is not nearly as important as what's the structure and creating the structure behind the inheritance. So the day that they receive it, even if they don't know when that's happening, they have an idea. So they're creating smart plans of educating the inheritors. And, and that's more than just investment management. And we've talked about that before, Remember, investment management is the combination of stocks, bonds, cash, that asset allocation. It's more of a wealth management picture. It's the big picture. What are the values and principles that are guiding this money? And how does it move forward? Who does it go to? How does it go to? So it's an overall wealth management picture in that smart plan as it moves forward. So then when you're, Joe, when you're looking at these heirs, where do you begin then if you want to try and foster this level of financial intelligence among, you know, the one heir, the two heirs, maybe there are a handful of heirs who may inherit this wealth, sizable wealth one day that can change the trajectory of the family goals and all the things that we had discussed that would be outlined in a family constitution. Where do you begin with, with fostering that level of financial intelligence? Yeah, it's starts by understanding each inheritor and then where is their level of financial education at this stage of their life and what are their financial needs at this stage of their life? Because not every person is in the same position, not every child, adult children or grandchild is in the same position. And so understanding their needs and their wants, their understanding of financial matters and their structure becomes important. So Ryan, let me share with you a brief story, right? We're helping a widow who's got several sons and each son is in a different position in their life, right? Some are married, some are not. Some are married with kids, some are not. Uh, some are single. Some are early in a new position at work. Some are very well established. Some handle money better than others. Some understand more investing than others. So understanding where each person is in their life and creating a structure that can transfer assets to them successfully and help them maintain it successfully 
becomes important to setting up a structure for each person specifically based upon their needs and wants. Right. So it, so it sounds like to me, Joe, is once you get a good idea of a particular heir's views on wealth, how they handle that, how they go about it, that then informs you, the family's wealth manager, you know, financial advisor on how to inform, uh, you know, those heirs and educate them and prepare them for what is to come. Am I correct in, in saying that? Right on target. Right. And so, again, it kind of goes back to it's not just investment management for each inheritor, but it's also wealth management, understanding their complete picture. Is someone about to buy a house? Someone already has a house. Maybe they're just spending or, or planning for retirement. Someone wants to buy a second home or a vacation home, whatever it might be. But yes, understanding each individual's picture, not only investments, but their overall wealth management picture is very important. Joe, is there a is there an approach, a single approach maybe to educating these heirs that's ultimately just more appealing, that maybe that resonates better with some potential heirs? I I would say one thing that's important when you sit down, the first thing you want to do, and you want to do it with everybody, is how does each person handle money? Because when you get money like this, this can be, as you mentioned at the very beginning, life-altering. And if it is life-altering, how does money define them? Because if you understand how it impacts them today, you can begin to prepare how it will change them later, if it changes them later. So you do want to understand them personally, but understanding and having those questions answered for everyone at the beginning is important to the next step. But it's important to understand that right from the get-go. Roger that. And Joe, is there anything else that, you know, a family matriarch or patriarch, really those, the key decision makers for the wealth should be thinking about when it comes to preparing their heirs for inheritances overall? I think, I think there's a, there are several parts to this. It's understanding and doing a deep discovery on their values, right? And then passing that on, as we talked about last time, having that family constitution, but having that passed on to the next generation becomes important because for example, there are a lot of folks that have wealth like this that are not only giving to their children, but also giving to their communities or their charities. And, and those areas of stewardship that have deep meaning and value in their lives. Now the children may or may not wanna have that continue, but oftentimes as we've seen, they do continue it because it meant so much to mom or dad or both, right? So understanding mom and dad's values this was very important to them. I want to continue in some way, if not always, to that charity or that next generation for them. It's a wonderful reminder to the children about who mom and dad were, right, and how this got created or what this did for the community. So understanding the values, who and what entities were important becomes very important to know and to carry on. I love that. And Joe, I just want to clear up something for our audience here. You don't necessarily have to be inheriting enormous sums of money. You mentioned the super rich or the, you know, as the $500 million or more, or then even the, you know, the ultra high net worth in $10 million or more. You don't have to be a, a, an heir that's inheriting that level of, of assets and wealth in order for you to see the value in the educational efforts and for the importance for those to be instilled upon heirs, right? Like these are educational efforts that should be done for any heir, regardless of whatever the sum of wealth that they are achieving. Am I correct in saying that? 
you're right on target because if anything is left over for the family to the next generation, then having some understanding of where they've come from and what it was helps that next generation carry that responsibility going forward. When you have responsibilities in life, it gives so much more meaning to your life. And so if you understand what was important to that first generation, it can carry on into the second generation. So yes, that's why it's so important when we talk about values and principles, what carries on to that next level can then get carried on even further for future generations. I love that. So thank you for clarifying that with me real quick. So Joe, we've hit our audience with a lot today in terms of these educational strategies and ways to handle this pretty delicate process. You know, we've got the internal and the external conflicts at large. You know, you've got a, a life or lives changing overnight. There's a lot to unpack here within this conversation. So that being said, I want to ask you the who then. Who should families then look to for help with educating heirs, preparing them for the wealth that may be theirs one day? Because that can be a daunting conversation for, uh, you know, the average Joe, the average matriarch or patriarch that maybe doesn't have that level of financial intuition that maybe you would hope that they would. But in some instances, they might need help with these educational efforts. So in that instance, who do they turn to, Joe? I think you start with a wealth manager, either of the parents or of the kids or both, if it's the same entity. Ryan, we all have biases. We all have influences in our life and we all come with tainted lens, but it's history. It's how we've experienced life. Helping someone help you understand how you approach money becomes very important. Does it define you? Does it help you? Is it a tool? Where do you see money in your life? Hopefully, so that way you understand not to abuse it or misuse it in some way that it then gets lost very quickly. We've seen that happen, unfortunately, at times. And then a family counselor or facilitator somewhere along the way. They can all be very helpful in understanding what it is, what this means. It can flesh out some of those internal and external feelings that we've talked about. Who can you trust? Who can't you trust? How do you feel about inheriting a wealth like this, whatever it might be? But that way you can begin to understand how you can put it to good use for your use as well as for use for others. I love that, Joe. I appreciate you kind of sitting down, walking me through this process, because once again, there is a lot to talk about within preparing heirs for their inheritances. Is there any other final thoughts that you have for our audience to leave us with today? I would say prepare early, Ryan, because oftentimes you can prepare if you know you can prepare, but sometimes life throws us curveballs and we don't know when that could be coming. So as you prepare your last will and testament, and your final documents, this should be one of the steps you take in progression to help your inheritors know, hey, I'm trying to get things in order. Take those steps so you don't miss out in getting people prepared for what they will receive one day. All righty. I love that, Joe. Thank you so much. I appreciate your time and, of course, your wisdom and sitting down and sharing some of your experiences. And I'm sure we're going to be hitting another family dynamic here soon. But thanks again for your time today. Ryan, great to be with you. Have a great day. You too. And look, hey, we want to take a quick moment to thank you, our audience, once again, for being with us here on Your Money and a Cup of Joe. You know, if you liked what you saw, you liked what you heard in terms of preparing heirs for inheritances and this information seemed beneficial to you, well, please comment on it, comment on the show wherever you're seeing it or, or listening to it. You know, subscribe to the show on whatever platform you're consuming it on. And of course, you know, feel free to share this content with friends or family. At the end of the day, you know, these are strategies, these are wealth insights that, you know, we're, we're tapping into Joe's experiences in this wealth 
management sector, and we want to share them with you over a cup of Joe, maybe. Well, that being said, for Joe Kaleo, I'm Ryan Ruff, and thank you so much for joining us once again for your money and a cup of Joe. This presentation is for informational and educational purposes only and should not be relied upon as investment advice or the basis for making any investment decisions. The views and opinions expressed may not be those of UBS Financial Services Incorporated. UBS Financial Services Incorporated does not verify and does not guarantee the accuracy or completeness of the information presented. This material is made available for use by CEG. Neither UBS Financial Services Incorporated nor any of its employees provide tax or legal advice. You should consult with your personal tax or legal advisor regarding your personal circumstances. As a firm providing wealth management services to clients, UBS Financial Services Incorporated offers investment advisory services in its capacity as an SEC registered investment advisor and brokerage services in its capacity as an SEC registered broker dealer. Investment advisory services and brokerage services are separate and distinct, differ in material ways, and are governed by different laws and separate arrangements. It is important that clients understand the ways in which we conduct business, that they carefully read the agreements and disclosures that we provide to them about the products or services we offer. For more information, please review the PDF document at UBS.com slash relationship summary. UBS Financial Services Incorporated is a subsidiary of UBS AG, member FINRA, member SIPC. Joe Kaleo at Kaleo Wealth Management Group, UBS Financial Services Incorporated, office address 200 West Highway 6, Suite 400 in Waco, Texas, 76712.